This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, front and center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. In the shotgun, Carr's going to throw, pumps, looks end zone, throws for the end zone, wide open, James Jones, touchdown, Raiders! I'm not a big gambler, I only play the slots, because you know what they say, scared money, don't make money, and I got scared money. Rodgers, to the end zone, caught for the touchdown, James Jones! John Gruden has not coached since 2008, so what makes you believe that he is the guy to take this franchise to the next level. You know, and it's just Cali swag. What's good, Raider Nation? You are listening to Keeping It 300, brought to you by Blue Wire and our good friends at Bet Online and Indeed. I'm Fallon Smith. My guy, James Jones, will join me in just a minute. But first, I want to go over some Raiders news and notes. The bad news, of course, is that the Raiders are 3-3 three and three after losing to the Bucks on Sunday. 45-20 was the final. Now, the final score, in my opinion, was not really indicative of how the game went. It was a little closer than that, actually a four-point game in the fourth quarter until things really fell apart. And we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. So the AFC West looks like this right now. We have the Chiefs at 6-1, and one, Raiders 3-3. Three and three, Chargers 2-4, and four, Broncos 2-4. and four. So the Raiders definitely have some work to do the rest of the season if they want to compete for the AFC West title. Now, some injury news. Richie Incognito, who hasn't played since the Raiders went over the Saints back in Week 2 because of an Achilles injury, is getting closer to returning. Not really sure what that means for this week against the Browns. I highly doubt we'll see him out there. But hey, you never know. Now, I know Raider Nation was really upset with Trent Brown, who tested positive for COVID-19 after the bye week. And look, I get it. It was definitely disappointing. It caused the starting O-line to miss the entire week of practice. And then you saw how that translated to the game on Sunday. And of course, Jonathan Abram had to be held out of the game because of his contact with Brown, most recently on the Tuesday. So he couldn't be cleared to play on Sunday. And then, of course, Trent Brown... He didn't play. He missed the game, which was a big blow to the offensive line and, of course, the running game. Now, I don't know exactly what he was doing during the bye week, so I don't want to call it reckless, but clearly he wasn't quarantining. Now, he wasn't asked to quarantine, obviously, but they are asked to follow COVID-19 protocol, right, and take precaution, be careful, and he did not do that. Anyhow, 
it's over, so we have to move on. Gruden said Brown is feeling better and that Gruden is keeping his fingers crossed that Brown can play this week. So are we. (laughs) So are we. What a difference the big guy makes. Man. Now, lastly, no suspension is expected for Gabe Jackson. Like, no crap, right? He shouldn't have even been ejected in the first place. That ejection was complete bullcrap. The down judge said that he stepped on Ndamukong Sue's shoulder while he was on the ground. I literally watched the replay like 10 times. It was such a BS call, bro. Anyhow, he won't be suspended, so... Thank goodness for that. With that said, time now to bring in my good friend, former Super Bowl champion wide receiver, current NFL Network analyst, James Jones. What's good, JJ? Besides you having me up at the break of dawn, or what did they say, crack of dawn over here. (laughs) It's not that early. Bright and early in the morning. It's early for me, man. I don't wake up early no more. (laughs) I wake up good 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, and get my day started. But what's going down? Well, it's actually 9.15 in Missouri. Um, two better listeners, once I put this out, it probably won't be until um, sometime in the late afternoon because mama has a son and a full-time job, but we'll get it out to y'all. Anyways, let's talk about the Raiders, man. Ugh, the Raiders, they dropped to 3-3 three and three on the season after their 45-20 to 20 loss to Tom Brady and the Bucks. We both thought the Raiders were going to win this game. We both were wrong. There were obviously a ton of issues on both sides of the ball. But this one was on the Raiders' defense, no doubt. I mean, the Bucs put up a 45-piece against the Raiders. The pass rush was non-existent. And the most frustrating part for me was that the Raiders are coming off their best defensive performance of the season against the dang Chiefs, right? So you would think they would carry some of that momentum, some of that confidence into this game, and and they didn't. And and here's the thing, the Raiders wins— The defense, yeah, they gave up a ton of points. They gave up a ton of yards. I've said this time and time again, but guess what they did? They made big stops when the Raiders needed them to. And the backbreaker on this one, JJ, the backbreaker on Sunday was one specific play. Fourth quarter, Raiders trailing 24 to 20. You have Tom Brady and the Bucs on a third and 13. And you can't get a dang stop. So Fournette picks up the first down, right? They end up scoring a touchdown. I think it was Godwin. Gruden said that one play was basically the game. He said we were in zone. We were playing way too deep, and it was catastrophic. And, yes, it was. Again, mm-hmm. Bucks end up scoring a touchdown. They go up 11, so it's a two-possession ball game. And then, of course, Derek Carr throws an interception, and then that's all she wrote. So it went downhill really, really fast <laughs> in the fourth quarter. But, again, this one, in my opinion— was on the Raiders' defense, point-blank period. Yeah, and we said last week, Fallon, that we knew that the Raiders' defense would be up and down. Yeah, you want them to go out there and perform like they performed against the Kansas City Chiefs every single time, but we knew that their defense is going to be up and down this season. I mean, the star power just isn't there. You know what I mean? And that's all right. I mean, you got to go draft. us a lot of teams out there that don't have the star power. But, you know, the Raiders are are very young, and they don't have a lot of star power on the defensive side of the ball. And we've seen that. And then the bright star that you do have cannot play in Jonathan Abram on the back end, facing up against Tom Brady and all those weapons that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have. So, I kind of knew it was going to be a day like that. I did not think it would be a 45-point day because I thought the Raiders would control the ball with Josh Jacobs and Derek Carr uh, will put up some points. But 
you know, hey, same thing goes for the Raiders offense, though. I know we, we put a lot of blame on the defense, but the Raiders offense had their chances. They had their chances in the red zone. They had their chances to pick up first downs and they did not pick up first downs to extend the drive. And they put that defense back on the field that was already struggling, <laughs> yeah, true. you know, and that and that is not a good combination. So credit to Tampa Bay. They came out. They went to work. They got the job done. But the Raiders did the exact opposite of what they needed to do to win the ball game. They did not keep Tom Brady off the field, no. you know, to help that defense. And they did not convert on third down and score points in the red zone. Now, the offense did have, you know, some issues. And we're going to get to the offense a little bit later. But I did want to focus on the defense because that has actually been the big topic um, after Sunday's game and during Monday's press conference with John Gruden. And I know it's going to be the topic throughout the week. Um, the Raiders, now, this is <laughs> not really surprising because I've been giving the the defensive stats, you know, week in and week out. But let's just reiterate what's going on through six games. So the Raiders are giving up 32.8 points per game. Gosh, Lee. Yeah, that's 31st in the NFL, so second to last. Now, they're dead last, tied for dead last in takeaways. Just a wild guess how many takeaways they have this season, JJ. Three. Exactly. So they just have three takeaways this season, and they're tied for dead last in that category. They're 30th in yards per play allowed. They give up 6.29 yards per play. And our 29th in sacks. They just have seven sacks through six games. And for me, I'm like, okay, you know, again, more of the same. We knew this. But what pisses me off is when you look at the free agent signings and Corey Littleton, Nick Kukowski, Malik Collins, and Carl Nassib, check this out. They have a combined, JJ, a combined, okay, Five tackles for losses. This is a combined in six games with those guys, okay? Combined five tackles for a loss, one quarterback hit, half a sack, three passes defensed, no interceptions. And those guys were given $58 million guaranteed by the Raiders this offseason. So in my opinion, that, as a Raider fan, is what would piss me off because, yes, you you get these guys, you know, in free agency thinking you're going to make upgrades, and they have been non-factors. And Gruden said, you know, they're going to make some changes on defense this week. And he means more so personnel and scheme. He doesn't mean coaches. While Raider Nation obviously is saying, fire Paul Gunther, that's not going to happen. Gruden basically said that's not going to happen. Um, and so for me, James, honestly, I don't even think a coaching change would do much at this point. I don't think it's really a personnel issue. I mean, I actually think it's a personnel issue. I don't think it's a coaching issue. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's a little bit of both, right? Because we saw them play out of their minds against the Kansas City Chiefs. And then, you know, they lay an egg against the Bucks. So what is the issue? What changes can be made? Well, number one, like I always tell you, the hardest games to win, no matter what your record is, is division games. So I know a lot of us want to be surprised like, dang, they beat the Chiefs. But that's a division game. Those are those are tough games to win for both clubs. You know what I mean? So I'm not even surprised that Kansas City struggled against the Raiders. And I'm not surprised that the Raiders played well. But these non-conference games where you're playing against teams that you don't really know, you know, you're playing against teams that, you know, have some star power that you're, like I said, that you're not used to playing. You got to come and play at a high level, man. But the only thing that, that really listen to you talk right now that caught my caught my eye or you signed all those guys 58 million guaranteed correct Fallon 
All these dudes were ballers at their former team. Correct, Fallon? Especially Corey Littleton. Especially Corey Littleton. All these dudes were ballers at their former team. Correct, Fallon? Yes, yes, correct, correct. (laughs) (laughs) So you said it might not be coaching. I say it is coaching. Are they not in the right positions to succeed? Like, are we talking about every last one of the big-time free agents we signed on defense this season? None of them are playing well. Like they all of a sudden just stopped knowing how to play football. Yeah, like they okay. all they all just said, you know what, we're signing with the Raiders, got our money, we just don't want to play. All of them are not playing well. Like, you, we can't say one free agent on the defense side of the ball is playing well. No. For me, that is up to the coaches. Put these dudes in the right positions to succeed on the football field. Like, we got three dudes that we paid $58 million guaranteed to that came that when you turned on the tape when they was with their last team, all you heard was their names. Actually, the sad part, it's four guys, and their stats are still terrible combined. You know, and now now they're nowhere to be found. And this is the same defensive coordinator and Paul Guther that we had last year that couldn't get get nothing done. We weren't getting takeaways. We weren't getting stops. People were saying, oh, man, he don't got the right talent and all this over there. Well, they bring him four good guys over here. You know, you bring him a shot caller and Corey Littleton. You bring him an excellent D tackle, you know, and now they're still not making plays. For me, that falls on the coaching. Are they in the right defensive schemes to go out there and have success and really fly around and play their best football? And obviously not. So for me, that falls on Paul Gunther. And for for a coach to say we're going to have some personnel changes and we're going to change up some scheme, I'm telling you right now, that's just okay. You got a couple more chances, Paul Gunther. We're going to try this. And then we might try something else after this. And after that, you're out of here. <laughs> we'll see. You know, and that, and that's really what that's letting that, that, that's saying. Because Gruden has never touched a defense. He always got up there and said, look, this is what we're going to do. Paul has it, this and that. But when you get up there as a head coach, you're like, all right, we're going to change up some schemes, some players and all that. And if it's still stinky, you may have one more chance. Let's try this. Let's blitz a little more or something. And after that, you know I mean? you got, You got to go. Because it is some young talent over there that you should be getting more consistent, you know, high level play out of, and they're not getting it right now. So I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm saying I'm putting that on the coach because we've seen these dudes play at a high level. And Raider Nation would agree. You know, they're calling for Paul Gunther's job. They would love to see what you were just talking about. Okay, give him another chance, and then he's done. Or give him maybe two more chances, change the scheme, you know, change some personnel, and then he's done. But they want to see him gone. With that said, isn't there some sort of accountability that the players have to take, though? I mean, these are veteran players, right? So regardless, you got to take some sort of accountability. you got to be present or having production on the football field, flying around the field. We're not seeing that. Yeah, no no doubt about it. I mean, number one, you, you can't get coached to play hard. You know what I mean? Number two, you know, you can't make excuses. You know, it it is what it is. You got to go out there and play no matter what call. But I just want to let you know just, just what I was talking about. When I signed with the Raiders, right, Dennis Allen was the head coach. I'm not even going to speak on DA. <laughs> All right? I'm not even going to speak on him. I played seven years in Green Bay before coming over there to the Raiders. Yeah. Seven years I never played in the slot as a receiver. I always played on the outside, X or Z. 
I never played in the slot was, unless it was a play or something where the Z went in the slot or the X went in the slot. I always was on the outside. That's where I did most of my damage. I came to Oakland. They put me in the slot. I went to the coaches and I said, this is not what I do. <laughs> like straight up, this is not helping me to succeed. I am not a slot receiver. A slot receiver has to be fast, has to be quick, has to be able to catch the ball, make two people miss in a phone booth and all that. That's Randall Cobb. That's Nelson Aguilar. That's not James Jones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is not what I do. Put me on the outside. Oh, well, James, we need you in the slot. It's a lot of checks and all that. It's not what I do. What I do, Tyler, terrible season, cut. Mm. Everybody, oh, James is losing a step. No, that's not what I do. <laughs> I go back to the Packers. Everybody was like, look at this guy. This is what I do. It's not about Aaron Rodgers. It's not about the offense. Put me on the outside. This is what I do. And that is from the coaches saying, we know exactly what you do. We know how you succeed. All right, we're going to put you in that position. That's what a coach does. You know what I mean? That's why Bill Belichick's defenses was dominant for so many years. They didn't have the star power. You know what I mean? Those dudes made names from themselves, doing their job, and Bill Belichick putting them in the position to succeed. I don't feel like Paul Gunther is doing that. Yeah, you can't put a, a square peg in a round hole. <laughs> that, that, that's not going to work at all. Um, well, not to add salt to the wound when it comes to the Raiders' defense, but <sighs> did you see Devin White on Sunday? Yeah, I seen Devin White all season. Okay. I seen Devin White okay. last week too, all in uh, Aaron Rodgers' back pocket. So you know why I'm bringing him up, right? Yes, I know. Okay, so dude is a freak. He's fast. Everything you would want, love, and need in a linebacker. I would have loved to have a guy like him on the Raiders. Oh wait, he could have been on the Raiders. <laughs> he was drafted fifth overall by the Bucks in 2019, while Farrell was drafted fourth overall by the Raiders. And on Sunday, JJ, let me tell you what he did. On Sunday, he had three sacks, mm. nine solo tackles, mm. a forced fumble, <laughs> and a huge hit on car. You saw a car flying out of bounds. He yeah. had a monster hit on car. What could have been? I'm sorry, Raider Nation. I had to do it. That was something that I was literally stewing over during the game. Whenever he made a big play, I was like, dude, that literally could be us. Like, he could be on our team. And he's not. And we're having these defensive problems, so that's why I was frustrated. But anyways, I digress. We have to take a quick break. When we come back, we will discuss the Raiders' offense and the issues they're having in the running game. And we will look ahead to their Week 8 matchup against the Browns. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Wire listeners, even though sports had a break, your business did it. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. And Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people and fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, so you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. 
like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and they will see it fast. So why don't you try out Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer available anywhere. Again, go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. All right, now to all my NFL listeners out there, you might not be able to be at the game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins division and championship futures all day every day so why don't you head to bed online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses and don't forget to use the promo code bluewire at betonline.ag that's bluewire all one word bet online your online sportsbook experts All right, we are back. So for the most part of the season, Derek Carr and the Raiders offense has been playing fairly well. Um, they were obviously hit with some injuries at wide receiver and a lot of issues with the offensive line injuries. And then, of course, most recently, COVID-19 this past week. Just a little weird with the entire offensive line missing the entire week of practice because Trent Brown tested positive for COVID-19. Um, now, as we know, he missed the game on Sunday, but... The other guys were clear to play, even though they didn't practice all week, right? So during the game, you're like, all right, at least we have, you know, four of the five guys. But then Sam Young gets injured. And then Gabe Jackson gets ejected, and which was probably the most ridiculous BS call ever in life. Um, and then, of course, the Raiders are still missing Richie Incognito. Carr was sacked three times. The Raiders' run game struggled. They averaged just a season low, 3.2 yards per attempt. Josh Jacobs was held to a career low, 17 rushing yards on just 10 carries. They had just 76 yards, rushing yards as a team. Now, albeit the Bucks do have the best run defense in the National Football League, all right? However, you know, the Raiders this season are averaging just four yards per rush this season. And Josh Jacobs, I don't know what's going on with him. He's averaging just 3.4 yards per rush after averaging 4.8 as a rookie. So I look back, though, on the film on Sunday just because I wanted to see how much of this fell on, you know, the running backs, how much this fell on the offensive line. And it really was the blocking. It really was up front. Um, And the Raiders, J.J., are supposed to be this ground and pound, you know, football team. So why do you think the run game has not been as efficient this season as it should be and obviously the Raiders hoped it would be? Well, number one, stepping off the bus, defenses know we got to stop 28. 
you know, so so th- so that's number one. I mean, last year he was a rookie, so you know he hit he hit the scene running. So, but you better believe they know what he can do now. So fresh off the bus, defensive coordinators have stopped twenty eight. Um, so and and that's what they're doing, and that's why Derek Carr is having the success he's having down the field. So a lot of the stuff, you know, if the running back is not Josh Jacobs is not having the numbers, it doesn't mean he's not impacting the game. You know, because they still loading the box up, DC still able to get to the play action pass, and they still able to to make big plays down the field. That's why you see the success of Henry Ruggs and Nelson Aguilar and Darren Waller because they loading that thing up. You know, to stop to stop Josh Jacobs. So, you know, that's why they having success in the pass game. So I'm not really too worried about that. And then another thing is the the Bucks have, I don't even want to say arguably, they have the best front seven yeah. in football. When you talk about their defensive line with Shaq Bear, with with uh, with Sue, with uh, JPP, and then you add the arguably the best linebacker duo, you know, in the National Football League, they front seven is the real deal. You missing a couple linemen incognito, Gabe Jackson gets ejected. That's a problem. Not having Trent Brown is a problem, and I think that's yeah. what we saw. We saw the big difference yeah. from the Chiefs game to this game of what having Trent Brown means and what not having Trent Brown means. Exactly. So, and going up against that, I mean, you've seen what they did to Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones last week, Aaron Jones is almost averaging close to 5.6 yards a carry. He came out there and averaged a near one yard a carry. <laughs> you know what I mean? So this front seven is a problem. It's not just to the Raiders, it's to everybody. So, you know, and then when you're missing three key guys like that, that's big. But Josh Jacobs, I'm not worried about him. And I know, you know, the O-line guy has to do better. But, I mean, like you say, he's missing three of his key guys. But he still impacts the game because, they, like I said, they're still coming down to try to stop him. You know what I didn't ask you earlier? Uh, you mentioned how the Bucks front seven is probably the best in the National Football League. And as a defense, they're one of the best in the National Football League as well. And remember, during the game, you said Tom Brady is doo doo, but it's because of their defense that they're still in games. And 100%. do you still believe Tom Brady is doo doo? Absolutely. He, <laughs> I mean, he didn't look doo doo on Sunday no, against the Raiders I mean, defense. Obviously, I mean, what? No, I I know I've been giving Tom a hard time, but I, what I will say this: before the season started, I said Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will look garbage the first four weeks, and I said. And after the first four weeks, when they start understanding each other and they start that chemistry and, you know, they start understanding what Tom is thinking before the dang play, during the dang play, after the dang play, I said they are going to be dangerous once they get their, their wheels on the ground. And that is what we're seeing right now. He's on the same page with his receivers. You know, they have it going. Gronk has gotten his legs back up under him because when he started the season, it looked like, man, he should have stayed retired. But he got his legs <laughs> under him. He start, He's starting to run well and, and make plays. And you could tell the, the, the chemistry is there for everybody on that offense right now. And they got it going. So I'm not going to say doo-doo. But what I will say is a lot of his, his success right now is because of what that defense is doing getting turnovers getting them short fields you know keeping them on the field creating three and outs you know allowing Tom Brady to keep you know stay on the field and you know what I mean go out there and make some plays so you know the defense is a big part but you know Tom Tom made throws when he had to make throws and you know the last couple games he's been he's been dealing it I wish I really was hoping that Derek Carr was going to outplay uh, Tom Brady mm. on Sunday, but that did not happen. 
Uh, but it's okay, and I like how they moved up the game. Remember, it was supposed to be on Sunday night, and they moved it up to an afternoon game. And obviously, we got a great Sunday night game in Seattle and uh, the Cardinals. So I guess the Raiders didn't deserve to play on the Sunday night stage. But um, anyways, hopefully they turn things around. Um, I do want to mention before we look ahead to the Browns, your boy Nelson Aguilar out there balling. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? He had oh, five yeah. catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown. And that was all great. But in my opinion... Henry Ruggs needs to get more targets. He yeah. was only targeted three times against the Bucks. He had two catches for 35 yards. And, and Gruden said, you know, you got to give the, bu- the Bucks credit, right? They covered him like a blanket. Yeah. Um, but he also said, you know, we need to design more plays for him. And he knows that he needs to win his one-on-one matchups. Yeah, because you're not going to get too many of them. So especially when you have a chance, when they want to line up on you man-to-man and and play you like that, you have to win those. You cannot waste those because you know the next play, you're going to be doubled. You know, because we all know. I mean, Fallon, you're not not crazy. If you was a defensive coordinator – and you had Henry Ruggs out there. Who who you going to show more attention to, Henry Ruggs or Nelson Aguilar? Henry Ruggs. Exactly. So. Exactly. So he knows that. So whenever you get the opportunity, whether it's third and five, whatever it is, and they want that down, they want to play you man-to-man, you have to win those one-on-ones because you're not going to get too many of them. Hopefully we see him get more involved. They have to design some plays specifically for him. He cannot just have three targets. He was your you know first-round draft pick. He needs to see the ball a lot more than he did on Sunday. So hopefully going forward, um, that does happen. And speaking of going forward, next up, the Raiders travel to Cleveland to take on Baker Mayfield and the 5-2 and Browns. Now, James, you may disagree with me on this. Okay, you may disagree with me on this. But for me, the jury is still out on the Browns. They don't really scare me. Yes, they're Mm -hmm. 5-2. Okay, they're 5-2, and yeah. And they've looked like a playoff contender in their wins. But... The teams that uh, they have won against have a combined 9-18-1 and 18 and one record, right? Mm-hmm. And in their two losses against two of the top AFC teams, the Ravens and the Steelers, they got blown out. And they mm-hmm. just look completely terrible, <laughs> right? Um, and on Sunday, the Browns are going to be without Nick Chubb and Odell Beckham Jr. And yes, Baker Mayfield still has a ton of weapons. And yes, Baker Mayfield played out of his mind without those guys. But I think this is going to be a game where the Raiders have to win in a shootout and the defense needs to get a takeaway or a big stop when the Raiders need them to get a takeaway and a big stop uh, to win this game. So I think the Raiders could definitely win in a shootout because defensively, the Browns give up a crap ton of points. I think they give up over 31 points per game. You're right, and and you know it is it is still out on the Browns because I mean some games they show out and they they look like they're the best team in the AFC, then they show up the next week and they look like they're the worst team in the AFC. So, <laughs> yes, it you know it, it is still out. But what I will say is, they run this football. They run this football and play action pass. And I know Nick Chubb is not there, but Kareem, Kareem Hunt, Hunt is just is as good, <laughs> if not even better. Yeah, You know what yeah. I mean? And he could do it all. He could catch it. He could run it. And the play action pass game off of that is very dangerous. So it brings me back to our same point that we continue to keep talking about, Fallon, this defense. If this defense for the Raiders does not show up, it is going to be a very long day for the Raiders because this is a game to where possessions matter for the Raiders because you might not get a lot of them. 
messing with the Browns and the way they could run the ball and play action pass, you might not get a lot of opportunities to go down here and score points. So when you get on the field, Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, Nelson Aguilar, Henry Ruggs, you have to score touchdowns, not points. Touchdowns. Touchdowns. You have to score touchdowns because I'm telling you, you might not. These Browns go on six, seven, eight, nine-minute drives running this ball. You're not going to get too many opportunities. So this Raiders defense is going to have to step up and really stop that run and be able to get Derek Carr and those guys the ball back. And then when they do eat up the clock, Lord, I pray we get some of our offensive line back. Yes. Because they have a guy over there, and his name is Miles Garrett, and he ain't been blocked yet all season. And he has been calling problems. I mean, it's neck-to-neck defensive. uh, No, it ain't neck-to-neck. He has the defensive player of the year right now, the season ended today, locked up. So they got to find a way to block him. So those are the two key matchups, man. The defense got to show up and stop that run. And the offensive line, I I don't know if it's Darren Waller staying over there, running back staying over there, but chipping and taking Miles Garrett out of this game so he does not cause problems in the backfield with Derek Carr. And when you get a chance and you get on the field, we need touchdowns, not points. Yeah, and Derek Carr, actually what's going to help, I think, is if he gets rid of the ball quickly, right? So obviously the offensive line, we do want them to hopefully be full strength. Trent Brown's going to be back. Richie Incognito probably not going to be back this week. But if they can keep Carr upright and if Carr can get rid of the ball fast, I think they're going to have a chance because I actually just looked it up. Browns have given up 31.6 points per game, which is fourth worst in the NFL. Now, mind you, the Raiders have given up 33 points per game. So we, <laughs> we got to, you know, this is why it's a great matchup in my opinion because it's, Two defenses that give up a lot of points and two offenses that have a potential to put up a ton of points as well. So it's what's going to happen on defense? Who's going to make the stops? When are they going to make the stops? Can the Raiders defense close out a game um, and make big stops when the Raiders, you know, need them to? However, I just realized they also are going to have an issue defensively with their tight ends. Austin Hooper and David Njoku, those are some monsters. And although they don't have Odell Beckham Jr., still got Jarvis Landry. And again, you mentioned Kareem Hunt. But I think that the Raiders need to not make this a career day for those tight ends, Hooper and Njoku. Yeah, and to be honest with you, man, I mean, I'm I'm extremely hurt to to see Odell Beckham Jr. go out of the ball game and be done for the for the season, man. I mean, I hate to see anybody go down and get hurt. But I feel like the Browns are better without OBJ. Baker Mayfield spreads this ball around to everybody. He doesn't feel the pressure of getting Odell Beckham the football. And as you can see, when he went out that game, he threw five touchdowns. I mean, that was insanity. You know, he threw five touchdowns, just spreading the ball out to everybody, you know, not really focused on, you know, Dane, I got to get him the ball. And, you know, that we got to dial these plays up for him on the offensive side of the ball, like you know, the offensive coordinator and all that, just running the offense and throwing the ball all over the, all over the yard. Without so, forcing it to be designed towards Odell. Yeah. yeah, so I'm excited to see if he could keep this up without Odell on the football field, man. And like I say, shoot, I know this is a Raider podcast, but, you know, advantage to Baker going up against that Raider secondary, you know, because they got to show up and show people that they're going to be able to stop some people and get some 
and get some get some takeaways and turnovers because for me that's the game plan right now for the Browns. Yeah, we want to run it, but hey, let's let's play action pass and let's attack this secondary and force him to mm. them to cover Higgins and Landry and Donovan Peoples Jones and all that who came on and had big games. That that would be my game plan. So the Raiders got to show up. You know what? I, I take it back though. You know how I said, okay, these two defenses who give up a ton of points. Guess what the big difference is, JJ? Takeaways. Takeaways. The Browns lead the league. Yeah. And Miles Garrett probably got 20 by himself. <laughs> well, they lead the league with 14. <laughs> Think about that. The Browns lead the league with 14 takeaways. The Raiders have just three. Yeah. So I basically was sitting here being a homer talking about, oh, yeah, they both give up a ton of points and um, et cetera. So if the Raiders could just make a couple stops here and there, what have the Raiders done to make me believe that they're going to make the stops in this game? Right. Like advantage Browns for show for show. Like, so with that said, let's finish with this. I'm not going to do bold predictions. Let's just give final score. You can go first. Oh, man. Oh, wee, man. I kind of need a couple of days to think about this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just say no, Trent, no, no, Brown, no. Trent Brown's back. Let's say no, Trent Brown's no, back. I'm, I'm, I'm just messing with you, but I, I do feel like it's going to be a very good game, and I do feel like it's a must-win for both of these teams. Even though the Brownies are sitting at 5-2, and two, the Browns have a chance to make up some ground. Baltimore and Pittsburgh plays each other. Somebody got to lose. Right, if the Browns mess around and win, they they near one game back from first place in their division. The Raiders can't afford to lose another one. I mean, they're gonna be behind the Chargers and you know, obviously the Chiefs, but you know, they they really can't afford to lose another one. This is this is this is must win. But I'm going back to Paul Gunther and his defense, and I don't know, and I hope I'm wrong, but I don't know if this defense is going to be able to slow down this Browns offense. And I think the Browns is going to eat this clock up and keep my guy Derek Carr and Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs off the field. And they're going to win this game. Browns are going to win this game. I do think it's going to be very close because I do think the Raiders offense take advantage of their opportunities and score touchdowns. So I'm going to say this game is going to be won by the Browns 37 to 35. Oh, close like that. Yeah. Two-point game. Okay, so as far as points go, I'm kind of in the same range as you. But the outcome, I'm just going to be a homer, and I'm going to say that the Raiders will shock some people. Because, again, I truly believe that the jury is still out on the Browns. And they could have easily lost against the Bengals on Mm -hmm. Sunday, right? So I'm going to say that the Raiders win this game 35 to 31. Well, Fallon, this is the only time that I hope you're right. (laughs) (laughs) The only time? (laughs) Anyways, unless I say something positive about you. This is the only time. The only time. I hope you're right. (laughs) All right, y'all. Well, Raider Nation, I know that you guys hope that I'm right as well. And hopefully we'll have... um, Victory Monday, and then whenever we tape this podcast sometime next week, we could talk about it. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of Keeping It 300. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you haven't done so already, please rate us and write a review. We would really appreciate it. Till next time, for James, I'm Fallon. We out. Peace.
Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as slow as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.